I think it's something you, you know, it's something you learn as, you, as you're growing up, isn't it? Because you're when you're a child, you're kind of you're given things and you you're uh, you're set off on on uh, mm. different trajectories, going to school, this this, and then they do that, and then you know, then you have um, uh, events around the year, birthdays, you know, festivals, Christmas, blah blah blah. And so you, there's a sense as though there's some order mm. Mm. Uh, when you're yeah. small, and then then you start. You know, questioning and stuff. Yeah, this is you know, yeah, simple stuff. But you start questioning stuff. Why am I me? Why, you know, why, why am I not somebody else? Well, you know, this kind of uh, early kind of thinking. Mm, and mm. I guess that is like a fundamental thing about uh, human nature. Yes. That we're questioning, and um, you know, uh, and it's we realise that the future is can be really unpredictable. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm actually, and I, you know, interesting. You you raised um, the issue of um, kind of social structures and traditions and mm. culture and all that sort of stuff. And you get you get kind of um, existentialist writers like uh, like Kafka, um, mm. for example. Um, I mean, famously when he wrote The Trial, um, that's kind of what he had in mind. He said, "Now here we have somebody who's you know some ordinary bloke who's put on trial." Mm. Uh, and he has no idea um, what he's being put on trial for, how the kind of the system works. There's this convoluted uh, legal system that, it, that that's supposed to make sense of the world for him. Uh, but he says, I don't. He doesn't understand any of it. It's 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 it's, it's a nonsense. It's kind of you know so it's so um, um, complex. Um, mm. And you know it's self-contradictory in places because it's just growing over this uh, that nobody understands it really. Um, but you service, you know, you still live, uh, and you still have to obey these laws. And 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 Kafka's kind of arguing, I think, in, the, in a sense, that um, one of the things we do to make up for the sense of a transcendental structure, a transcendental grand narrative, um, mm. to give meaning to our world, is we create um, artificial meaning um, mm. through religion, through the state, and through social structures, through various kind of, uh, and these give us a structure which we adhere to passionately. Um, mm. And we hate, and we we hate. I mean, it's it's Platonic in some ways. It's 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 like Plato t- it's saying, you know, um, you don't want to lead people out of the cave. Saying, you know, all, all the things they're familiar with, all the shadows they're familiar with, are meaningless. Mm. Um, it's just it's just something they're artificial, and um, that you've been engaging with, but it's not real. And um, they'll string you up. Um, <laughs> and Kafka's saying a similar thing um, that the absurdity of the of the you know the absurdity of kind of for example of 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 some of the laws we institute. I mean, you know. Okay, we a lot of them are by consensus, but I mean, there's nothing inherent that says we should drive on the left rather than the right. Mm. Um, there's nothing inherent that says that that that, that um, traffic lights should be red, amber, and green in the UK, or that the colour red should symbolise danger and the colour green should re- symbolise symbolise um, you know the environment or, or or something good. All of these things are consensus. We kind of make them up mm. to help us live. Um, there's nothing to say that pink is for. I mean, there's nothing. You know, it's just, mm. it gets kind of gender. Gender. I mean, the whole gender thing. There's nothing to say that pink is for girls and blue is for boys. That's not written anywhere. We've no. just decided at one point in history we decided that, and comparatively recently, in fact. Um, mm. There's nothing. You know, all of these things are are, are not written, other than mm. in the small books that we've written for ourselves. They're not written in the universe. Mm. Um, race, skin color, mm. um, fashion, uh, you name it. Taste. You, you mentioned um, uh, traffic lights, and I have to say, it's, it's very surprising to me. Um, when I was in Japan and um, the green green light and uh, uh, and uh, my wife said, "Oh, it's blue." Oh, 
the light's blue, you can go. Blue? It's green. Yeah. It's very, very greeny blue. <laughs> but yeah, she's, they're, they're blue. The blue, lights are blue. Oh, right. And there's, yeah, that was, yeah, because you, you, like you say, the structure. Yes. You, you've yeah. learned so much yes. in my life. It's always green, green, green. And you think, oh, look at it. Well, I suppose it is a bit blue, yeah. bluey green. And turn around and say, <laughs> there are four lights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I mean, symbols are a great one. Aren't they? You know, we use symbols to help to kind of you know, um, guide our lives and give messages and stuff. I think like colours and shapes and so on. Um, mm. And, you know, symbols are all, are all consensually um, you know, uh, established. We decide what these symbols mean. You know, numbers, letters, we decide what the sounds make. They, they don't necessarily correspond to actual things in the world. Mm. Um, and it reminds me of it. I mean, one of the things that... Um, um, that that uh, that Sartre was saying when he talked about when he's writing um, Nausea and uh, Requentin kind of uh, um, it's kind of brought up short one of his kind of experiences his first experiences of nausea um, is when he's like I think he's like holding a, a knife or fork or a soup spoon or something and he's looking at this and he's just saying this doesn't mean anything it's just an object in the world which I'm mm. kind of using and there are endless objects in the world none of them mean anything they're just they're just things in the world mm. um, uh, and you know we move them around a bit. That's that's what they are. There are you know, there are trees and rocks and plants and all that. And all of these things are just objects we place in the world. But why, um, why? Sorry to interrupt. That, that's right. No. Why would that necessarily be a negative thing? Well, I think he's. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I suppose. Mm. I mean, I think what he's saying is that you, you know you don't pick up a thing and say, okay, this thing. Um, if I if you know if I if I look at it long enough, it's it will give up its meaning to me. It has no mm. meaning. It's just mm. a thing. Um, so you have to decide what it means. Um, by you know using and interacting with it, I mean, I, I it, it reminded me a little bit of of, of uh, Wittgenstein because you know the, you know, the world is everything. The world is everything that is the place. Mm. That's it. That's that's it. The world is everything that is the case. Yeah. Um, that's what we've got. Um, there's nothing you can appeal to beyond the world um, to, to to kind of you know make it make more sense. The world is everything that is the case. So you know that's work with that. Um, so I'm not suggesting for a moment that I mean I don't know whether Wittgenstein had a take on existentialism. Um, I don't know really. I I I I tend to think that he uh, he kind of he kind of straddles the like um, uh, what do you call it continental philosophy and analytic mm, philosophy. Mm, so yeah. I think I think there there probably be some be some sympathies, but mm. I th- I when I think of um, you know uh, lack of meaning in the world, uh, you know the uh, you know the existential. Existential mm. idea and all that. I, I just think you can lean on Wittgenstein, you know, because he's giving you meaning comes from uh, use of language. Mm. And that's it. Like, yeah, the world is uh, everything is the case is that the world is the world of language that we speak. Mm. That's the mm. meaning of it. There yeah. is thing. There are things that transcend that. We can't oh, he would put, say that, would he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We can't okay. put them into. It, it, that's the whole thing. Mm. Whatever um, you know, what we can't speak of, we must pass pass it, over in silence. Yes. But yeah. what that means mm. is, you can't put uh, your uh, you know your love of of God into mm. words. Mm. Just leave yeah. it as silence. Mm. And um, yeah, so lots of people you know, misunderstand that. And the whole tractatus, the at the end is you know climb up like a ladder. Uh, pull the ladder kick, up. Kick the ladder away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Um, kick the ladder away. Um, is he's it, saying that this is all nonsense as well because everything rests on on the idea um, that we have to get we have to have faith in the fact that, we, that mm. we've learned that language and that that has meaning. Um, so I think 
you know, for for Wittgenstein, existentialism, I think would would wouldn't be. I can't see I can't see him looking at it as a thing that would give um, like be a problem in you know looking at objects and seeing them as oh, um, there's no meaning in there's no meaning in this object. Hmm. For him, it's like well, it has it, the meaning comes from our use of it and, and our, our use of the language of it. You know, that's it's kind of encapsulated yeah. in that. Okay, yes, that that makes it. Yeah, and that's very Kantian, isn't it? I mean, Kant says the same thing that there's there's you know, <clears throat> um, you know, the categories of thought um, are capable of of engaging with the, the phenomenal world. Um, they can't go beyond that, so they can't engage with you know the so-called transcendental or you know God, the souls, but all that kind of stuff. That's not to say that these things are not these things don't exist. Yeah, it's just you can't talk about them. Yeah, um, and there's a there is a strong there is a strong kind of what's sometimes referred to as the apophatic tradition, uh, and you see this in in in, um, in post-critical work like Pol- uh, Michael Polanyi's work um, that there there is so much there is there are things that you that that go beyond. Not go beyond traditional knowledge. It's there, but we we can't necessarily express them. Perhaps these are things that are only things that we can experience. We can't actually communicate. Can you bring uh, another human being's view to your view? What I mean to say is that we can't explain in simple Mm. logical words Mm. our our feeling about something explicitly, but like through work, through, through poetry, music. I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think we do. Whether whether it, it it brings us any closer, I don't know. But it gives us it gives us a different perspective, doesn't it, to be able to to communicate using different symbols, visual symbols, um, or musical symbols, or whatever. Not just what I was talking to my um my art students um, the other day, precisely about that. That you know, I, I envy them in some ways. Um, that uh, I'm I very much took a path which which. Uh, refined my ability to communicate in words mm. and those are really the only tools i've got um to express myself yeah. uh, whereas you know they can communicate in words but not, you know they can also communicate visually and uh, some of them communicate can communicate kind of musically they've got they've got a wider symbol set they've got a wider range of of, of expressive tools and i yeah. think that's that's you know that's a that's a wonderful thing if you have it um and you, I mean, you, you know, you're, you're, you're something of an artist yourself, and you must find that to an extent that must be satisfying to you. I don't know if I'm an artist. I, I, I've been doing a lot of um, copying of things with my mm. art. So I thought, um, like, uh, I, was, I do lots of drawings, and I'm, I'm copying reference photos and stuff like that. And then I realised um, after watching a couple of documentaries. On Picasso and uh, Matisse. Mm. One of the things I realised about creating something: um, Are you just trying to replicate what you're seeing, like you know, it, mm-hmm. like realistically, yeah. or are you bringing something else to, to it? Like it, it mm. doesn't, it, it can, it doesn't have to be something exact. Mm. And um, what really um, impressed me was these these artists. Um, the earlier twentieth, early twentieth century, um, they decided they were going to use like bright colours instead of uh, uh, very, very like bright uh, colours um, instead of like shading like naturally. So mm. you know, like um, you know, they were just for a shadow under the under the 
a head, for example, they'll use like bright red or something like that. And um, yeah, there's be uh, there's a famous picture of Matisse with a, like a someone with like a, a green stripe down the the their face because it represents the shadow, yeah, the shadow on that. And um, what I tried to do, failing failing like nine times out of ten, looking at a, like a reference photo, taking uh, like a charcoal pencil and just going for it. Don't think mm-hmm. too much. And right. I did my first my kind of thing I did is I I, I did actually a charcoal picture of um, Modigliani, not one of his paintings, but actually Modigliani. Oh. And and I did like a I made his face way too big and his hands looked a bit strange but it it it, it was it was like um something that was honest mm. and it looked it looked all right you know it's like i can i looked at that it wasn't a scribble mm. it, it it said like it was um yeah it was it was i, I was really pleased with it yeah. you know I'm not, I'm not pleased i'm not pleased with something that looks terrible Yes, but, but um, I thought oh, I meant to do that. You know, I yeah. kind of went for it. I don't care if it's going to be in proportion. Mm. I want to uh, like um, immediately produce something, and that kind of changed changed the way I approach art. Mm. I think that's more kind of legitimate. You can do, you know, realistic stuff. But then I started using like cut. I thought I'm going to use coloured pencils. I like in the you know distant past I used like oils and stuff like that. But that's quite difficult to mm. do that. So I was using charcoal and coloured pencils, and I was just scraping and 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 some of these things that are coming out. So like, oh, this is really like that, and that's that was like uh, a joy to do, you know. Yes, yes. In that way, and I'm, I mean, I guess I was just trying to think. You can't really, you can't do that with words, but I suppose that's what, to some extent, that's what poetry. Yeah. Can sometimes can is, is it does that it it uses words, um, perhaps in a non in a non. Um, in a non-realistic way, they're not. You're not yeah. trying to. You're not trying to kind of provide uh, a, a report or a or a, or a, a, a document that kind of um, describes in detail, blow by blow, exactly what's going on. You're you're focusing on particular aspects. You're bringing. You're using some words for for a bigger effect. Or well, I think of, things down think of someone. You know, think of like you know Shakespeare. Mm. Mm. The, yeah. The, what he the way he was writing. And yeah. I don't know if that was the way that everyone spoke in you know in the sixteenth century whenever it was. Yeah. It's it was um uh he he producing like a re- uh, original phrases that we still use today. Mm. Uh and you know, it's cap capturing feelings and capturing moments, isn't it, with with phrases. Yeah. Or speaking more you know, trying to get more directly to, to ideas with through words. So yeah, I think definitely you could use Mm. language in the same way you you, you could paint a picture yeah. i think i get yeah again it's, it's interesting you know just working with with creative types which is something i've only done t- towards the, the latter half of my career um with kind of artists and designers mm. uh and uh you know we were talking i was talking to some first years it's always good to talk to first years because you know they mm. they, they, they don't know anything mm-hmm. and they're just genuinely excited by anything you say yeah. <laughs> because they're not experienced. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you can you can be you can be incredibly impressive to, to first years. Any of you listening, you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure you're not easily convinced by everything I say. But anyway, um, um, and I was talking about how you know, I didn't mention it, but how kind of you know from a t- Cartesian point of view, in a way, in a sense, we're locked in our own heads. 
so we're communicating you know we have we have our emotions our feelings we may even have an o- our own internal kind of symbol set that our brain uses to kind of communicate internally um but we can never get we can never get the contents of our head the complete unabridged un you know un, 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 un you know untrammeled content of our head directly into somebody else's head mm. there always has to be an intermediate kind of hermeneutical stage so what you do is you you do something you you create something in the world which is a kind of a reflection of that in in, in a sense as Kant saying a kind of a representation you place you place this kind of representation in the world and it's it's not an exact copy um because there may not be the things in the world um that you can use to create an exact copy of things that are in your head mm. and, and and also i mean i you know i i you know i will sometimes you know see something or experience something and i can't find the words to express it because either there are no words or i don't have them or i don't know how to put them together in the right way um um me try and even copy something artistically in the way you do it so you 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 learned to do um i find difficult because you, and i'm looking at something but it's there it's there i can see it why why the hell can't i just make my hand reproduce mm. it it can't be that difficult um but you've got so many processes before it actually gets you know before you put this thing in the world then once this thing is in the world so you've got your idea you've got your feeling or emotion or whatever it is you've created a, an, analog, an analog of that mm. in the world um so you've translated it into that thing in the world then if anybody engages with that thing in the world, they're translating it back into their their head using their toolkits, their particular mindset, their particular symbology. Um, so you've got at least three stages, if not more. You know, you, you know your mind into the world, the world, the, the object in the world back into their mind, um, uh, and so that kind of the, you're never going to have a complete. You're never going to have. Um, barring telepathy and yeah. even that might not work because you know we, even then we might not know what we're looking at um you're never going to have a direct um um communication uh, mm. and and the stu- you know students were really kind of were taken by that and so well, you know, that's why um the more outlets you have the more the the the, the breadth of of uh, the greater your breadth of 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 symbolic tools you can use if you can use words if you can use sounds if you can use images and colors and shapes and if you can use all those then the more nuanced will be the thing you put in the world Mm. Um, and we did I, and I so said just to prove this I, I did that old kind of thing um, I don't know what it's called in other countries uh, I think in one country it's called uh, faulty telephone um, I've heard that from somewhere um, but it's what we used to call Chinese whispers mm. um, or what the Chinese call whispers I'm guessing <laughs> um, uh, and it's kind of um, um, <clears throat> had the I had the Chinese students chuckling to that one um, and uh, we tried it and there were only there were only six people in the room Okay, it was a small seminar group, hmm. and I whispered in one ear, um, "Flying pigs," hmm. or "Flying pig," hmm. <clears throat> and then they whispered along, and the sixth person ended up with frying pan. <laughs> Only six people, and yeah. that process of transmission uh, converted it into frying pan. Um, uh, you know, and Descartes would be saying, "How do we know that doesn't happen all the time?" You know, yeah. you say something. Um, it, it gets put in the world, then it's translated through you know, through that into somebody else's head, and they might see something entirely different. Um, and you know, where do we find where do we find the guarantee? It's also it's also um, from our like you said before from our brain you know, to our mouth to our from to, from our brain to our mouth coming out. It's uh, mm. it's sometimes challenging. I like um, uh, David Lynch, uh, mm. like the director mm. David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, and um, he. He's often talking about his his work, his art, and his uh, and uh, his his films. And people like have often 
like famously talk to to him about his art, and they they say to him, um, I think this scene um, means that you know this person's really upset, and this uh, uh, this person wants to kill that person, and blah blah mm. blah. And and he said, and he, and uh, is that right, David? And he said, and he yeah. always says no. <laughs> no matter what yeah, um, yeah. so it, but he talks about like producing um, what is in his mind mm. putting that onto the screen and his uh, phrase he used before which is great is um, find, getting the eye of the duck by that he means not the eye of the tiger no if you draw if you draw like a, a, a duck's head yes and you you know place the 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 eye of the duck correctly on its head mm. it's very very difficult to get just right so like he he's got something in his mind and he wants to produce mm. it on the screen he's, he's he's looking for the eye of the duck oh i love that oh yeah That's it's great. it's, yeah, it's great that. isn't it because it's much, very yeah. it shows you how difficult it is to really express mm. that the the thing you're think, thinking and this all flies in the face of my you know my um Idol worship of Wittgenstein. Yeah, <laughs> Wittgenstein's saying constantly there is, you know, we've only got words, hmm. uh, and hmm. uh, 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 but obviously that some things transcend words. Perhaps hmm. that's you know in that realm, hmm. the art realm. Yeah, perhaps, and it may well be why why a number of these existentialists um, found found you know found the need to to uh, to move into the arts to be able to kind of write. Novels and and plays and and poetry and that kind of stuff. Maybe they maybe they found that 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 straight up kind of academic philosophy mm. um, just wasn't you know just wasn't uh, a nuanced enough. To strangely enough, maybe it just wasn't a nuanced enough or a flexible enough tool to express what they were trying to express. Um, mm. may, may, maybe that was. I mean, again, <clears throat> with the whole idea of contingency. I mean. It, um, referring to, to to the art students again, one of the things trying to get across to them was that. You know, whatever you create, hmm. um, even when it's just opening your mouth and you're making a sound or expressing a word, um, um, or it could be something more complicated than a sentence or a picture or, or, or a meal, anything you create, once it's out there, once it's in the world, hmm. um, then the world adheres to it. Um, it doesn't just sit there kind of in abstraction yeah. in a kind of a vacuum tube. You, as soon as you place it in the world, vroomf, the world the world wraps itself around it. Um, and you know people engage with it from different points of view. Some people will see it from this point of view or from over here. Some people will taste it um, with this background experience or with that background experience. Um, some people will smell it in a particular way or hear it or, or whatever. Um, uh, and I said, you know, as far as their art is concerned, you can't just, you know, you can't just think about in abstraction the thing you're making, because the thing you're making, and this is this is the essence, in a sense, I think, postmoderns' um, understanding of kind of reader response uh, and the death of the author and all that kind of stuff. That as soon as you've created it and put it in the world, mm. it's 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 just a th- another thing in the world and it's up for grabs. Mm. Um, so so you know, if if an, if if one of my my students as as in another course has, has designed. You know, some kind of piece of art, a painting or or, or an installation. Um, the place that it's put is gonna is gonna have an a, mm. a, an an impact. Kind of you know where it's displayed, um, how it's lit, who's seeing it, what came before it in an exhibition, and what came after. I mean, and, mm. I know a lot of artists and a lot of 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 um, uh, of uh, um, 
uh, manufacturers of, of anything um, will be very, very keyed up on this. So be very kind of, you know, there are, you, know, play, you know, companies like, like Coca-Cola, for example, um, have some very strict guidelines as to what their product can be placed next to. Mm. So you can't place it next to this or that. I mean, for example, you know, nobody's going to, you know, nobody is producing kind of, you know, um, pastries and, and, and fine foods are going to want it put next to the toilet rolls. Mm. Gives the wrong impression <laughs> entirely. Uh, I think Pet Coke doesn't want their stuff put next to Pepsi because it, it, it suggests comparison. Mm. Um, so where you place things mm. is is crucial. Um, and uh, that, that contextualizing gives 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 meaning <laughs>